How has your prayer life grown through the years? This is Wednesday, March 22nd, and I think a misconception of spiritual maturity can be found in the idea that as we walk more with Christ, well, we need to pray less and less. That somehow we become more stable and less needy because we have Jesus in our lives and as a result we come to pray less. But spiritual maturity actually has the opposite trajectory. As we grow in Christ, we become more aware of how God-dependent we actually are. Perhaps when we were immature, we couldn't see this. We thought we were pretty much doing life on our own. We only needed to cry out to God in those rare moments when we felt desperate. But instead, as we have grown, we become more and more aware of the Lord's intervening power in our lives. You see, immature Christ followers feel more mature than they actually are. (laughs) And more mature followers of Jesus, well, they see how great their sin and their need is. And so they cling to Christ far more, and they pray far more. Now here's our text for today, picking up in Acts chapter 4, verse 24 to 28. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Now here's part of this amazing prayer the early church believers prayed. And it's remarkable that they turn, that this prayer, they turn their focus on God. Though Peter and John have been threatened, they seek God together with the believers. They know they are right where things happen for Jesus. They're in Jerusalem, but they're not from Jerusalem. So why are they there? They are seeking to fulfill the mission Jesus gave to them, to be witnesses of the good news to the people. Listen to the insight that is found in their prayers. Peter and John do not feel they are at the mercy of the religious leaders. They see the sovereign hand of God. Yes, the Lord's plan was being fulfilled when Herod and Pontius Pilate and the other leaders put Jesus on the cross. They were doing what the Lord had planned. Jesus came into the world to go to the cross on behalf of his people and to make atonement for sin. Now it's true, Herod and Pilate were the human actors that formed the plot to kill Jesus, but make no mistake, God was still working. This prayer includes the fragment of a scripture found in Psalm 2, a song of Israel hundreds of years old. Why include this scripture in their prayer? Well, this psalm explains the future when the Son of God is rejected and when the leaders from among the Gentiles rebel against against the Lord. Yes, the psalm describes what happened to Jesus, and it also tells what's happening to them. This is how the psalm says that 
the Lord responds to their rebellion. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. That's Psalm 2, verse 4 to 7. Now, it must have been a chilling moment as the believers traced the actions of the leaders and could see the sovereign hand of God. No doubt they knew the Lord would have victory over them. The Lord determined to exalt his son as the true king and to place all things under his feet. Now, we might ask what this has to do with us learning to pray. Well, prayer is resting in confidence in God because we know God will fulfill his promises. The day will come when he installs his king, as he says, on his holy hill. This means that we too pray in the light of what God has promised. We rest in the word of God and we repeat it back to God in our prayers. This is a pattern we see across scripture. For example, Nehemiah prayed back to God the promises that he had made to his people. Yes, it's here too that we encounter the word of God and we see the truth of the promises of God. Psalm 2 ends with a call to take refuge in the sun, the place of safety when the storm comes. And this is what happens in the church. The believers trust the word of the Lord and they rest in Christ. How can we incorporate what we've learned into our prayers? First, we too can learn to pray scripture. It may be as we pray that we come to see as they did that of which the scriptures speak. And second, we always take refuge in Jesus. As we began today to grow in maturity as we see more and more of our need for Jesus and his care. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, not in our own. We take refuge in him as we need protection every day. Thank you for being faithful to your word. Give us eyes to see how you're fulfilling your promises in our time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.